Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome on in, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Uh, sorry for the late edition of the podcast. I was out of town this weekend and thus uh, didn't get any of the results from last night or my thoughts on the results from last night's big fight. So uh, I'll start off with the UFC. This was a fight that had a lot of drama going into this week. You had Paulo Costa against Marvin Vittori, uh, which I mean... You know, you have, in my mind, two of the most unlikable guys in the division, whatever division that they're in. Although this one, normally I find Marvin Vittori unlikable, but this was not on him this week. This was all on Paulo Costa, who, look, is handsome as all hell. He has the the body of an Oz. I didn't know how the hell he was making 185. It was a miracle to me. I thought, you know, it was so much of a miracle to me that he was making 185 that it made Yoel Romero seem possible. So I'm like, ah. If Yoel could do it, but then you think about the height difference between the both of them. So if you guys, I'm sure you guys have been up on it this week. He ends up coming and telling the media this week that he's at 211. Um, can't make the 186 pound limit. Throws it out there that they could do 195. Then all of a sudden they're fighting at 205. And so this is basically a light heavyweight fight. Marvin Vittori says straight up, because he, he had heard all of this stuff that was going on and um, you know, and when I say he's unlikable, I think a lot of that comes to the, ah, uh, he, he jaws a lot. He's gotten to a lot of fights in the, in the hotel, uh, before weigh-ins he's, um, he's, he's said, Oh, I still think I'm better than Israel Adesanya after a couple of losses. So, you know, this definitely bought, I think Marvin Vittori, a lot of fans. They talked about this on the broadcast and I do agree. I think that this bought Marvin Vittori a lot of fans. Cause he was like, F it, I'm fighting him no matter what, no matter what the weight class is. And to, basically go into a cage with a guy who is naturally bigger than you anyway. And there's no real advantage that you're going to get from the, uh, from the weight cut that, that could hurt him. Um, it, it definitely was big balls from Marvin Vittori to go out there and accept this fight for sure. Uh, the, the, the plus side that came out of it, excellent fight. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was an absolutely fun fight. Um, definitely thought that they got the right decision. I thought that Marvin des- uh, deserved it. Um, he won 48, 46. So he ends up winning three rounds to two, but one of the rounds was a 10, eight because of, uh, an eye an eye poke. A lot of people were upset with Jason Herzog for this, um, saying that he was warning. He said that he was warning Paulo Costa to keep his hands in, keep his hands in. So he gave him the poke and he immediately took, uh, took it away. Um, I don't really have that big of a problem with it. Uh, now maybe we could go back and, you know, I'm playing a little bit of uh Sunday quarterback on this because, didn't really affect it. I mean, it would have been a win for Marvin Vittori anyway. 
But I, you know, he if he did give him a warning, you know, not every time. A lot of the times, like with these refs, if a foul occurs and it's bad, you know, they say, "Oh, I'm going to give you a warning," and then maybe it happens again. And like that, that's it, last warning, and the damage is already done at that point. So, in a lot of ways, I, I respect Jason Herzog for. There's not many rules in there. Don't kick somebody in the nuts. You know, whatever, you know, downed opponent, don't poke him in the eye with a couple others groin, you know. And so if he gave him a warning and saying that he warned him about his fingers, I don't really got a big beef with Jason Herzog for doing that. The thing that was uh, very noticeable in this, there was a couple of things. First of all, Marvin Torrey, I mean, his output was just absolutely tremendous. He was hitting, uh, he was hitting. Paulo Costa was some some big shots up on the head, man. And, you know, this was made mention on the broadcast a couple of times, and it was kind of a fascinating thing because it's, it's an interesting dance. You know, they were talking about, you know, where Paulo Costa's cardio was at. I think Paulo Costa's just got one of those bodies where he's always going to look a little bit winded. He's got big muscles. Um, he's, he's, he's always looking like he's carrying a lot of stuff around, but he's a very explosive fighter. He's one of these fighters that isn't going to always have the most volume put out but is always dangerous and can always explode. I think that's just how he's always going to look fighting. With uh, with this one, I didn't feel like he had any disadvantage coming with the bigger weight. They mentioned, oh, it's you're carrying a lot of bigger weight. Maybe that's an issue. I think, if anything, he had two huge things that, that really swung in his favor to make this even a closer fight than it probably should have been. One was his ability to take a shot, didn't have to dehydrate himself at all, uh, which they did acknowledge. Uh, and I think that was a huge thing. He took he took a lot of big blows to the head. I think Marvin Vittori ended up with like 150 headshots on Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa was like somewhere in the 60 range. Now he did tremendous body work. He had sick kicks. Um, looked like it really slowed Vittori down by the end, by the end of this fight, and uh, and that was an effective weapon for him. But I do think that the idea that he was not able to maybe take the punishment to his head that he normally would have because of the struggles of a weight cut, any weight cut. Like they didn't really even hit him that hard. They were like, I was, they hit him with six pounds. Look, I don't want to cut six pounds, um, in my life, but I'm not a professional athlete. I didn't agree to a, a contracted weight. So I think, uh, I think that was a huge advantage for him. And then the other thing was, uh, Vittori's ability to, uh, take, take down Paulo Costa. Now, you know, Paulo's shown some good ability with that, with that defense, with the takedown defense, but, certainly just having that natural size advantage is huge. I mean, it's huge. We, we, you know, we, you think back to the, uh, there's no better study case than Jan Blahovich versus Israel Adesanya, where he's just able to be taken down at will because, you know, it's just a natural, a huge natural weight discrepancy. So I think that was another big thing that really played into his favor with his maybe being, uh, a worse outcome for him than what this fight was. But all in all, it was a really great fight. I am glad that it happened. And, um, you know, it, I think I think does lift Marvin Vittori in a lot of people's eyes. Now, look, he still has two L's to the champion. Um, he's going to probably need another guy to hold that belt. He's a lot in the case of, like, a Jorge Masvidal right now where, you know, it, Kamaru Usman has the belt. He's got two wins over you. Uh, Max Holloway. You know, even with one of them being pretty controversial, two wins for the champion over you, you're in a tough spot. It happens. Um, but he, but I think he bought a lot of people wanting to 
see him fight. And he was an entertaining fighter tonight. A very, very entertaining fighter tonight. On the boxing side of things, you had Shakur Stevenson taking on Jamal Herring for the WBO Junior Lightweight Championship of the World. You know, really cool story between the both of these guys, friends, stablemates, taking each other on. You know, the the the, the veteran champion taking on the young up-and-comer in Shakur, who is uh, looking to get another belt in another weight class. Really great showing for Shakur Stevenson. Um, probably one of his more complete and entertaining fights to date uh, against a very, very credible guy, against a, a very, very seasoned champion, seasoned veteran, um, and a guy that they you know they know each other very well. I thought that he looked really, really good, and you know showed himself in a lot of ways that. You know he can be explosive. He can go for for finishes. He can uh, he can pour it on a little bit. He's not just going to play the game that is I'm the best boxer out here. Nobody can touch me, and you're just going to pick him apart to death. You know, like it is a, it is a dangerous game that some of these super talented technical boxers have to play. Um, you know, you think to a guy who I love to death, who's almost on the other side of the spectrum, and that's uh, Xander Zayas, who's 19 years old. He's improved 11 and 0. He uh, had his fifth win of the year with this past uh, victory last night, and he's like always seemingly going for the entertainment. And he had to almost hone it in a little bit and be a little bit more skillful this time around. It's a fine balance. Um, you think about a guy like Devin Haney, where Devin Haney has to, you know, he's getting the the boring criticisms and. He's not fun to watch, and then he goes and has a fight with Jorge Linares, and he is much more entertaining than he is against Yoriyoki Scamboa, but that comes at a price where he could get caught, and he has to hold late to, 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 to reach the final bell. So it's, it's a tough spot for these young fighters, and there's a lot of pressure with young boxers that I don't love because there's so much pressure to have to be undefeated. I mean, you think about some of the young mixed martial arts stars and, oh, they have a loss on their resume. You never think about it. You never think about the Conor McGregor's having a loss early in their career or a Kamaru Usman having a, an, a loss earlier in their career. You never think about it. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't mean anything. It's just not a thing. You know, You know. I definitely think that UFC has gotten to a point where, listen, you can't rack up the losses like you used to, and I think people uh, are, are hip to that. But your star power does always seem like it has a bigger deal. Look at how excited people were to watch Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler fight. A couple of weeks ago, and think about all. Think about what those guys' records are. Think about a guy like Masvidal, who I mentioned earlier, what his record is, and what he's, uh, what his star power has climbed to. It's just not that big a deal. And I do think that if we didn't put such an emphasis on it, and we gave these guys a break, that we would definitely be in the spot where we would see these guys fight the credible opponents more often. We would get to what Shakur Stevenson is saying, where he wants after a performance like this to be bat now be in the mix with. Teofimo, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Javante Davis, um, you know, and, and get to that type of uh, type of performance. Now, I do hope that we get the uh, the unification battle between him and uh, Oscar Valdez. I think that's a fun, fun fight. Uh, I, I think that a side that we've seen. I don't know if we'll see that same side of Shakur that we saw this time around for that fight, but uh, if we do, could be for a fun firefight. Could be for a lot of action, a lot of fun. So. Uh, really, really great performance by him. And then uh, on the undercard, I should mention, yeah, my guy Xander Zayas, uh, many-time alum of this show, and South Florida Zone, he improves to 11-0. Really good performance from him. Puts his opponent away, gets the finish this time around in the, I think it was the fifth round that he ends up getting the stoppage. His corner waved the towel. First time that guy's ever been stopped either. So 
uh, you you know that he was taking a tough beating. But uh, one of the things that was a couple of things that were uh, much improved from Xander this time around. One, um, just put a huge emphasis because he knew that he had a tough opponent on, on on just blistering the body, really blistering the body. Now still had some good headshots too. He was able to make the guy's mouth guard go flying, um, so that was huge. But also. Uh, you know, just didn't take as much damage this time around either. You know, he was uh, his last time around when he was fighting in Phoenix on the Valdez card. Uh, you know, he was he was letting it fly, man. He was he was he was in the firefight. He was in the kitchen. I do think ultimately that stuff is going to be good for Xander. Uh, that that he is showing his chin and he is he's kind of going through all the experiences. And man, he's talking about fighting again for a sixth time this year. Um, you know, you're gonna have. I, I saw like Kevin. I only saying let's not treat this guy like he's the next coming. Um, you know, we don't always have to, you know, in boxing, guys, we don't always have to be huge haters on things. We don't always have to go and say, oh, who's this guy fun? How about this guy? How about the guy is fighting six times, wants to fight six times in a year to sharpen his skills? Yeah, it's not maybe going to be the best prospects in the world at all times, but you're still getting to see that guy in action constantly. And he's constantly going to get better. And he's 19. He's 19 years old. Uh, now co-main eventing on ESPN. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal if you're ESPN. You're looking for stars, and you're looking for guys to build around. You see that smile, and you see that build, and you see the Puerto Rican uh, following that he has behind him. Why wouldn't you want to pump that up and hype that up? Um, And it's not always easy. You know, like, you. I go back to mixed martial arts, and a guy like Kevin Ioli should know this. You think about a guy like Aaron Pico, where Aaron Pico gets onto the stage right away in his debut and gets knocked out or gets technically submitted, gets knocked down, and then gets choked out. Uh, and then has a really rocky start to his career. It's not easy to live up to these hype trains either, and these guys should be given some credit for that. And uh, also a shout-out to my guy, Harold Calderon, getting the win in Tampa. Uh, I did not get to see the fight. I heard that he won uh, via the press release, via disqualification. Uh, guy got uh, He knocked dude down, and then guy was getting all sassy with him, but shout-out to Miami's King for getting a win as well. Uh, you guys know what I think about Harold, man. I just hope uh, one of these days... He can get himself uh, a, a nice stage, a nice opportunity to really showcase the stuff because that record's certainly beefy enough. You know, 26, 27, and 0. He's more than proven himself on the regional scene. Like, the, the guy deserves himself some national attention, a national fight. And, uh, man, you got all these boxing platforms, especially the people coming down here. You know, like I saw, we, you know, uh, talk later in the podcast about Tommy Fury and, and Jake Paul coming down here, but those guys would be stupid not to have that guy on here. On, on their card he's uh he's an absolute monster an absolute monster so uh just my thoughts man that's uh that's uh that's a little bit on the uh, on the boxing side of things we're gonna come back gonna give you some thoughts on next week's upcoming ufc pay-per-view card got a couple of titles going back to fight island should be a fun one we'll hear a little bit later on today from antonio carlos jr he's gonna join the show we got the pfl championships coming up we'll get into that as well lots more to get to on tobin's fight show after this welcome back everybody uh, let's get into a little bit of UFC 267 coming up next week from Fight Island. Fight Island returns for Jan Blahovich against Glover Teixeira as they are fighting for the light heavyweight championship of the world. Jan Blahovich uh, as uh, defending his strap up against Glover Teixeira, who's getting his first crack in a long time at the belt again. This down, you know, John Jones no longer be in this division. It is a revitalized opportunity for a lot of people and uh and it's cool to see that glover is going to get this kind of one last chance to 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 maybe hold gold a guy who's been such a highly touted veteran his entire time in the ufc came in with a ton of hype 
a ton of hype and has always just been a really, really good fighter. And it's cool to see him get this opportunity. It really is. It is cool to see Glover go out there and uh, be in this spot where he can possibly, at 41 years old, oh, we share a birthday, just so this is Glover Deshera, who's actually going to turn 42 in the middle of the fight week, so he'll be 42 when he enters the cage, uh, with a chance to go out there and 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 have a, a crack at the light heavyweight championship of the world, something that he hasn't had an opportunity to win in seven years. Uh, he's riding a, a five-fight win streak. Uh, he's been an, an absolute beast. He's been the likes of Anthony Smith, knocking, knocking dudes' te- uh, teeth out, Ian Kutalaba, who's no slouch, Carl Robeson, Tiago Santos, uh, Nikia Krylov. Like, he's just, uh, he's been great. Had a couple of performances in the nights leading up to it as well. Um, and then you have him leading up to this, taking on the champion, Jan, who is uh, also, like I said, gotten this opportunity because of where he is, uh, because of John Jones no longer being in the division. This is really giving other guys a chance you know so yeah you may say oh we have a 38 year old and a 41 year old fighting for a championship i get it but these are guys who have been revitalized they have been on big streaks this is a guy he has beaten luke rockle jacare Corey anderson uh dominic reyes Stylebender, who's maybe pound for pound one of the best guys on the planet i mean that's you can't sneeze at that resume you can't you know you can't just be here and be like all right these are the guys who are up no they they had to go and beat the likes of everybody, man. You know, Jared. You know, Jared Cannonier. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a really, really uh, fun fight. I think. I think for both of these guys, um, I'm leaning Jan in this one. I just like. I think that he's just got right now a, a little bit of a championship air about him. That performance that he put up against Stylebender. I think everybody was waiting for Stylebender to be christened in some way to be looked upon as a, a guy who is is going to be you know the next great thing and he was uh he was spoiler in this one he was the guy who went in there saying no 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 that's that that's not going to happen here uh, but i'm not this is one of those where i'm definitely not surprised if uh if we get something the other way around now the odds on this one um is uh is is interesting because Jan is a 250 minus 250 favorite you got Glover to share he's about 2 plus 200 for this one and uh you know, I, I think that's about right, and I do I do lean towards uh, towards Jan in that direction. Then on this one, you also have the interim bantamweight championship, which is going down between Piotr Jan against Corey Sandhagen. And a lot of people's mind is for the true bantamweight championship. You know, you look at a guy like Stylebin and the way that he won. Look, it's not his fault that Piotr Jan messed up. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Like I think that, that that's just that's how it was. Uh, I think that's just how it's it's kind of crumbled here. But you think about, and then you think about Corey. Corey had that fight with TJ Dillashaw, really, really great fight, razor thin. Um, but TJ Dillashaw is also injured, so this is really a marking of two guys who do have losses that they're coming off of, and their their counterparts who won those fights are unable to go. So, listen. Um, who knows? You know, with with uh, with Aljo, with what he's dealing with, with uh, TJ Dillashaw being a little bit older, this is a fun one. I honestly like Corey Sandhagen. I think that he's going to take a lot of that bright lights experience that he had from TJ Dillashaw, and I think that he's going to be able to use Piotr Jan's aggressiveness against him. We've seen this guy. I mean, he could pull out some crazy knockouts, some crazy knockouts, and I think that that is dangerous for a guy like Jan who. We've seen likes to pull forward, and honestly, like the last time that he was in there when the bright lights were on him, uh, had a really, really critical mistake. Now, we have seen 
Um, he can get off to some slow starts like against Jose Aldo and then able to wilt Jose down. I mean, that's kind of been the not that this guy is a tank. So I do think that Corey Sandigan, if he's going to get him, I feel like he has to get him early um, because it feels like as the fight goes, you know, he's a Siberian tank and then you're going to be in some serious, serious trouble. But I am uh, I'm going to go with Corey Sandhagen and get the upset. He's looked upon as the two plus 200 in this one. Uh, and I like Corey to come out with this one. I think that uh, he's going to find an opening somewhere early and he'll get it done. Finish on rounds one or two. This is going to be a big one, too. This, see, this is the thing I got. I said this a week ago, but the UFC, these pay-per-views they've been lining up lately really have been your money's worth. I'm not sitting here caving for the company or anything like that, but got to be honest with you. When it's been non-pay-per-views, it's been a little bit bleh turning in week to week. Like the UFC's, there's been, there's definitely been some kind of uh, movement within the company because it felt like what they were doing is last year or the year before, before the pandemic really hit, it was we're going to put on pay-per-views with them. It was almost boxing though, a monster main event, kind of cool co-main event, and then just whatevs before that. But these are like reminiscent of what it used to be. Just like, man, everything from the time the main card starts is fire. And then it's like whatever these other cards are, these fight nights, you know, we got so like you can't tell sometimes the difference between a Dana White Tuesday night contender series and a fight night card. Now, this last one was pretty good. I mean, you had a, a main event that was definitely worthy of it, but that was, it's been a while. I, I, I'm telling you, it's been a while that the UFC had something like that. So. But you got to give kudos on the other side that they are trying to give you your money's worth when it comes to uh, when it comes to the pay per Just be nice if they give you your money's worth for uh, ESPN Plus too. I'm just saying, little sprinkle here and there. Uh, Islam Makachev versus Dan Hooker. You know, big test for Islam Makachev. This is uh, this is a guy where everybody's going to probably think, oh, he's going to go grapple Dan Hooker. He's going to take him out. He's going to try and uh, he, he's going to try and put him out like that. But Dan Hooker. You know, is is been able to snap the skid after tough losses to Dustin Poirier, where he got off to the fast start, the tough knockout loss to Michael Chandler. So he's looking to uh, to bounce back, getting right back in there. He's fighting on less than a month's time, so he's really, really staying active on this one. For Makachev, he's also coming in. You know, hasn't had a, a ton of time off. He fought in July. He's been absolutely steamrolling. Everybody looks at him right now. You know, his his. Uh, manager Ali Abdelaziz is to saying this guy is more talented than Habib like serious serious hype that's going behind Makachev he has a lot of stuff that he has to live up to with this with Dan um I gotta say you know he's in a bit of a position where you know you look at it right now and he is on the main card the biggest underdog and I, you know for me he's a live dog like I think that there's there's a little bit something to Dan Hooker's going in this with really nothing to lose. And if he does win this fight, he's beats he beats the boogeyman. He's right back in there in the title talks. Um, Islam Makachev. You got a couple guys on here in Hamza Shemaev and Islam Makachev. They're looked upon as like the boogeyman, the grappling boogeyman, or the, the guys who are just, you know, two absolute monsters that nobody wants to go in there with and nobody wants to tangle with. Uh, against against guys who are pretty dangerous strikers. Hamza has to go in against Li Jing Liang and uh Islam has to go in there against Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's dangerous, man. He is. He's a dangerous dude. He's vicious. Those guys who come from Australia, they are good at the uh, the takedown defense, too. He's no slouch with that. So I know that these the Russians, the Dagestanis, they are different level. You know, the, 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 the type of uh, Sambo stuff that they got going for them. But 
you know, for Dan Hooker to be that big of an underdog to Islam Makachev, I think it's a bit much. I think people are buying into the hype train a bit much when it comes to Makachev. Um, you know, Dan Hooker is going into this. If he's able to, to he's another one though that I do feel like, much like Corey Sandhagen, if he could get to him early, I feel like if he could hit Makachev with something early that really, really messes him up, um, that's going to be his window. That's going to be his opportunity, you know. And he hasn't had, listen, this isn't a guy who's finished anybody in a while. It's been, we're talking a couple of years since he beat James Vick. So he hasn't had a finish in a while, but he's been in some hellacious wars. And that's the kind of experience he's going to have to probably lean on. It's not that I feel like his cardio is going to go away, but I do feel like those takedowns, if Makachev is able to get to him at a time, that stuff gets demoralizing after a while. So um, I still will go Makachev. I do think Makachev is going to win, but I, I think that Dan Hooker is being a little bit disrespected by the odds. I do. Uh, I do think there's a, for him, they're basically telling you he's got no chance. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. Uh, you got Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tabara, who doesn't love a little heavyweight scrap. Don't have any thoughts on it, though. Uh, you have Hamzat Shemaev, Li Jingliang. This is another fascinating one. You have Hamzat, who was kind of the toast of the town for everybody. Remember, he was Mr. Fight Island. He was racking up win after win after win on Fight Island. Give me any fight you got. I'll go out there. Really endearing himself to the fans. Really made, self-made himself a star, basically in the span of four weeks. Um, but... We haven't seen him fight in over a year now because he had some really, really bad battles with COVID. And that's something that's going to be interesting. You know, this is a guy who couldn't be stopped. He was on top of the world. You know, he won so many fights in such a short span and, you know, is looked, it was like, oh man, this guy's going to take over the sport. He won fights, two fights on 10 days notice, then comes back and he had this crazy knockout on uh, on the Colby Covington Woodley card and so you know we're looking at this and it's like hey this guy is the next coming the next star then you have he has this horrible battle with COVID uh has the the shots that he's coughing up blood there's talk that he's going to retire he's like getting messages from like the dictator of uh of Chechnya to not retire all this type of stuff that his career is going to keep going it's a lot of baggage that's been going on with Hamza Shemaev um so that is the thing where I'm looking at this and I'm like, hey, what, what kind of guy are we going to, are we still going to get the same machine? Because if he looks like he hasn't missed a beat, then it's going to be right back to the hype train. Who's the next middleweight he's going to get in there with? Maybe, you know, could we get him versus Marvin Vittori or something like that? And, you know, I think that would be a fun fight uh, off of two guys who would be uh, on the same time weight, uh, time length, but, you know, can really uh, signal who maybe would be uh, a true contender after that. Um, but you know, you think about who he's taking on and Li Jingliang, like this dude is a serious striker. He's got, he's got some serious, serious pop. He's able to hit you with a lot of different weapons. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think for him, he's, uh, he's, he's got, uh, some opportunities there as well, but, uh, you know, certainly Hamza has shown many, many different ways to go about and win a fight. It's been a while. It's been a while since seeing him. So that's going to be one that's uh, that's going to be fun too. So, really, really great pay per view card that's coming up next week for the UFC UFC two sixty seven. Can't wait for it. We'll have a full recap for you uh, for you guys next week and uh, get you filled in on all that action as well. When we come back. We will get into the news of the week that was. We got an interview coming up with Shootface Antonio Carlos Jr. As the PFL is coming here next week, and also uh, could Jake Paul be bringing his next fight to Miami? We're back with more after this. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. 
It is Tobin's fight show here on seven. I the ticket got an exciting show coming up here for you as we got an exciting time coming down here in South Florida. A lot of fights are going to be happening down here. We got the PFL championships, which are coming up this Wednesday going to be in the building for that one at the Seminole hard rock hotel and casino. Uh, Bellator is going to be coming down here, I believe in November to the Seminole hard rock hotel and casino. Uh, BKFC is coming on back. We uh, talked about that a little bit last week. They're coming to the James L Knight center. Uh, I think BYB's got another card coming up. Uh, Glenn Johnson, the Road Warriors, got a card coming up locally. So there's a lot of action here in South Florida as far as uh, the fights are concerned. I'm going to start off today, though, with a little bit of news on a fight that didn't happen down here that was supposed to. This one was probably the the biggest uh, heartbreaker of the summer for me. I was very excited about Teofimo Lopez versus George Cambosis. You guys know this if you've listened to this program. Um, I just was excited for the matchup. I think these guys have built it up really, really well. And just if you if you don't remember what the buildup was like for these guys, they were supposed to fight at Marlins Park in June. Supposed to be originally, I think, June fourth, fifth, sixth, something. It was that weekend. And then the Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul thing all unfolded. And you know how we got into the middle of that with the whole Floyd Mayweather brouhaha, him and Gotcha Hat and Jake Paul and all that type of stuff. So they ended up pushing it back. It was either a week or two. I think it was just a week. And I think it was like the 5th to the 12th. And I remember that Tuesday in the lead up to it, I was in the media room. I was supposed to talk to all the fighters. I think I just gotten done uh, talking to the real Tarzan, who was going to fight Vitor Belfort. And that fight never ended up happening. And Vitor ended up fighting was supposed to be Oscar De La Hoya, but then it turned into Evander Holyfield. Triller's been a mess. I mean, it, it really has been. It's been a complete disaster. And this was supposed to be their big launching fight. You know, they had uh, Peter Kahn in the fold as their boxing advisor, and they bid $6 million for this fight, and it never came to fruition ever since it got scrapped originally. People were crazy about it, too. The, apparently, the ticket sales were really bad. People were theorizing that Teofimo Lopez never even had COVID. All this, all these crazy conspiracies were thrown around from people in the business. I don't know if they were haters. I don't know what. But anybody who was anybody who wanted to talk to me about this fight was telling me, oh, I don't believe that Teofimo Lopez got COVID. I believe that he did. I mean, just based on all the hiccups, all the headaches that there have been since, I have a hard time believing that uh, anybody would, first of all, blow their paycheck unless it was, you know, expressing they wouldn't have the money to pay for him um to have this many moves especially especially lopez you know with george i could see him waiting out and being patient this is maybe a once in a lifetime payday or you know is it the opportunity of a lifetime at the very least and so between the both of them i was thinking all right i don't really buy the idea that they would voluntarily make this fight delay and then there's been all kinds of headaches ever since so the fight ends up getting dropped by triller and it ends up going to the next bidder from the ibf and that was to uh, eddie hearns matchroom boxing so essentially going to DAZN, and they finally have a date for this it is going to be on november 27th at the hulu theater uh, Madison Square Garden, so the small room in the in in the garden, which is kind of funny because it was going to be in the garden. They were going to move it to Barclays, and Hulu and Triller were supposed to have a partnership together. So 
There's some funny uh, back channel stuff on that too. But like th- these guys, I think have put some heat on it. I really do. You know, there was a lot of news with Tiafimo last week regards with Devin Haney. But just to remind you guys, these guys went at it pretty good. Just be, just don't forget who got you this spot. To that two million dollars. Okay. Don't forget who got you that got, got you this spot. All right. So be, be happy too. Be, be happy as well. Hold on, hold on. I still want You enjoy. You'll be happy. Let me show you this. And you know this too. Your own promoter thanked me. Lou DeBell thanked me. At least he had the audacity to thank me. I stood my ground. Sorry, Bob. Top Sorry, Bob. Sorry, Bob. Bob Aram yes. would have paid you $150,000 for this fight, if not $250,000. you are getting $2 million from this fight. Your family is going to be well off, my guy. Your family is going to be well off. And why? Because I took a stand. All right. At the end of the day, yes, you got to thank me. Because if it wasn't for my my ass, the way I am, this is the takeover. I don't I don't bend my for nobody, for nobody. That's, and that's the that's what you got. They need to understand. That's where you got wrong. Need I, I don't, I don't the WBC money, understands that. The WBC got to understand that. The IBF got to understand that. The WBO and the WBA, they all got to send. They all got to stand that. Because at the end of the day, the fighters are the bosses, not them. They try to dictate this like it's a man. But it ain't. You hear? Feel me? All right. So understand that. Understand when you see how dirty this game is, then you got to know. I put my foot down. I don't take it. I always go right through. And that's how I am. So at the end of the day, man, look, do what you got to do. You training your ass off. And I appreciate that. And I see the work ethic. And hey, if anything, that's the only thing I could I could take for that. And I could take my hat off to that. It's that only thing that this man wants it bad. But other than that, bro. Get your weight up. You don't know how this is, man. You don't know the fact that I got Vada coming at my door every what every what. This is like the fourth time they test me within two weeks because they think that I'm on roids or some. Shit. I don't have Vada as well care. coming. I've had Vada care. four times. As, I've had Vada come four times as well. Whatever you're dealing with, yeah, I'm man, dealing with, mate. So of course, because at the I'm end of the day, yeah, and so did we. Okay, so we're both sides. We're doing the same thing. But at the end of the day, man, look, I say it like this, man. This is the takeover. We're on full effect. I know this is what you guys wanted throughout this whole time. So my whole thing is, look, he's ready to fight. So am I. And I can't wait to put on a show for everybody. And that was on our show back in June. Um, and look, I, I'm very, very excited for this matchup. Uh, I think that Tiafimo should be favored. But I do think that George is capable. I think that George, if he could let his hands go, if he could really throw uh, the volume and, and a little bit of caution to the wind, I think that... Uh, it's possible that you could especially get Tiafimo late. I think that we saw a guy that was starting to wilt away in the Vasily Lomachenko fight. Now, to his credit, really, really came out strong in the last couple rounds, but uh, I do think he can be had. I don't think he is a perfect fighter. I think he's an exciting fighter. I think he's a great personality, but I don't think uh, any of these guys are perfect. I think that's kind of the hesitancy of a lot of them to fight each other, which is which is kind of a... A disappointment in its own right you know you had the the great uh back and forth between him and Devin Haney last week and that was a lot of fun you know they weren't promoting a fight for each other but it was still a lot of fun you got to see those guys go at it on the DAZN broadcast during the Mikey Garcia fight where Mikey ended up losing but uh you got to see the personality the problem is these guys got to fight and I think the problem is I think because of their youth I don't know what it is but a lot of their bravado and all the talk I think that Maybe the people around them know that their fighters aren't quite perfect. I mean, they've all shown some type of flaws. And mostly I'm talking about the big four guys, you know, Tiafima Lopez, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, and Gervonta Davis, who are all kind of in their own camp right now. I mean, you have Gervonta, who's basically doing his own thing. 
I mean, he's going to, you know, he's going the Floyd Mayweather. He's going to make the big fights. He's going to make the fights um, around him that he thinks probably can generate highlight reel knockouts. And that'll be enough for him to, for his star power. You know, I, I think with this, and, and I do think it's good that they put him up with good targets where he can go back and forth because, you know, Gervonta is, I think the part of the, 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 the beauty in Gervonta is Gervonta is kind of the show in his own right with the, uh, with the in-ring action. You know, he's this 135 to 140 pound version of Mike Tyson, if you will. That's what they like to dub him as and will give you highlight real KOs. I think that uh, he has shown some flaws. We've seen him have some weight issues uh, and things like that. And, and certainly I think that the competition comes into question in, in certain guys. But I think all of those guys can be guilty of that for sure. Uh, with Tiafimo, I, I think probably is the most, you know, the guy who's done the most for sure in the division. Definitely with the win over Lomachenko. But, um, you know, he, how long is he for the division? I think that's a big question. And the inactivity, the inactivity has been uh, has been crazy since because of all of the stuff that has gone on with Cambosis. We haven't seen him. Uh, we haven't gotten to gotten to see him in a little bit. So I think that that's that's always a question too. Is he taking George Cambosis a little bit lightly? Ryan Garcia has had a whole mess of issues. Some things that are 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 tough to get a hold of because they're mental and. You know, you, you you wish that he's dealing with everything okay there. And then we know that a major physical problem with uh, with breaking his hand and, and needing to get surgery and losing out on his fight with Jojo Diaz. And finally, with Devin, I think Devin, a lot of people probably looked upon as the best, most complete package. I do think that some of the boring status got to him, and so he tried to fight a more aggressive fight against Horian Lars, which I like. I appreciate the fact that a guy is trying to prove a point that he is uh, entertaining, but then goes out and he gets uh, and he gets rocked a little bit, and then has to hold on late, and people are kind of crushing him for it. the the point The point of it all being is they all have their flaws, and I think that part of the problem with these guys, everybody talks a big game, and I, but I think that the people that run their careers probably know that, hey, all of them can get got and feel like it's going to mess things up. I don't think it is going to mess things up. I really, really don't. I think that all of this stuff is good. I think that you see the heavyweight division is a perfect example of that. Now, the top guy is undefeated in Tyson Fury, but he fought a guy, Deontay Wilder, twice, uh, one more time than he really wanted to. Deontay Wilder eventually had to you know get a name that nobody wanted to fight. Uh, that was Luis Ortiz, and then really, quite frankly, was Tyson Fury. Um, and then Anthony Joshua has fought has a pretty damn good resume himself, but eventually, you know, got big, got got by a couple of people. But I think that they're all big stars. They've all had some reward with that risk too, whether it being beating Vladimir Klitschko for Fury and for Joshua, whether it be beating Deontay Wilder in the second fight for Tyson Fury, whether it be beating Luis Ortiz twice for Deontay Wilder. And, uh, and nearly putting away Tyson Fury. Like, these are the things that make these guys viable in boxing. So, ultimately, I just hope that this division kind of gets its bleep together and uh, we can end up seeing the best fights possible. But um, it doesn't seem like that's, that's quite in the fold. Like, you know, listen, we're getting some good fights in boxing and some stuff is coming together. But I would say that the wish list for a lot of boxing fans is one to have a welterweight champion that 
is undisputed between uh, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. And I think if you asked uh, other folks, it would be some semblance of Tiafimo versus Devin Haney, Javante Davis, something like that. And those don't really seem very viable or, or likely at the moment either. So for now, all we have is Tiafimo Lopez uh, taking on George Ferocious Cambosis coming up on November 27th. Very excited about that and uh, and what that matchup will bring. We'll take a quick break here on the show. When we come back, the PFL is coming to the Seminole Hall Rock Hotel and Casino on Wednesday. Antonio Carlos Jr., a.k.a. Shoeface, he is joining the program as he is going for the light heavyweight championship and a million dollars of the PFL championships coming up on Wednesday. Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. You know, very excited coming up on Wednesday. We have the PFL Championships, which are coming to the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Very, very excited for this event. This is a cool event, man. I went to a couple of the PFLs. Uh, they had like three events uh, leading up to this in the, in the semifinals. I went to every. I went to two of them. I didn't. I missed the one where Kayla Harrison ended up moving on. I forget what I had that night, but something something came up and I wasn't able to go. Um, but the PFL championships are coming up and it, I'm very excited about this. I think this is going to be a fun event. I do like, uh, everything that they got going on here with this PFL, uh, a lot of fun matchups where you have it's headlined by Kayla Harrison, who's going to be fighting Taylor Guardado for the lightweight championship. Kayla Harrison going for her second belt, her second crack at a million dollars. She's a minus 2,500 favorite. Not a lot of people think that Taylor has a, uh, a whole hell of a lot of uh, chance here in this fight. And that's understandably so. I mean, Kayla's looked absolutely dominant. You know, when we had her on the show that she is uh, her confidence. She exudes confidence. She feels like she is going to uh, steamroll fools in this one. And I, I don't disagree. Ray Cooper, uh, the third, is going for another belt against Magomed Magomedkarimov, uh, which is another great fight. Rematch. These guys have been wanting to get back at each other. And Ray Cooper does not not much for words, a lot for actions for the welterweight championship. Then you have uh, which is this is what I'm very excited about, and that is Clarissa Shields taking on Abigail Montez coming up. And I, you know we had a long sit down with Clarissa, uh, really really fascinating character in boxing to talk to, and I do love what she is doing and kind of taking her career into her own hands with going into women's mixed martial arts an avenue where she feels like there are more places to go. She says that she wants to go eventually find her way to Amanda Nunes and she's doing it in mixed martial arts. You know, most people are asking the mixed martial artists to come to their sport. She's doing the opposite. You know, she's going to train at, at Jackson wink um, and, and, and really putting it all out on the line there. Uh, I am, you know, surprised that even with a, a, a tuna career for Alec Montez, they still have Clarissa as a pretty heavy favorite. Uh, of minus 475, but uh, I definitely can't wait to see her back in action. Her first fight was a thriller. Really, really was. You have, uh, you know, a, another one that's coming up and the lightweight championship. This one, I think, is the uh, the men's side, the one I'm looking forward to the most, and that is Haush Manfio taking on Loik Rajivov, both uh, alum of the show. Both have had his guests, Loik the Jaguar Paw and Haush, who is uh, just a great story, dude. I mean, it's impossible not to root for the guy. And everything that he's uh, he's bringing to the table with this one, just uh, two uh, two really really good personalities. But the uh, the one we're gonna get to coming up here, we have Antonio Carlos Jr. taking on Martin Hamlet, which is uh, going to be for the light heavyweight championship of the world. 
And the man they call Shoeface, Antonio Carlos Jr., was kind enough to give us some time this week. Here's our conversation with the light heavyweight championship contender. Very excited to talk to my next guest. Look, we got a monster, monster event coming down here to South Florida. We are less week out from the PFL championships going down at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, the beautiful Guitar Hotel. And this man is going to be fighting for one of the many championships on the line that night, Antonio Carlos Jr. He is joining us here on the show. Antonio, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. How, uh, what, what is this, uh, like over a week out? Are you, like, are you counting down the days? Are you getting anxious? Like, what is the emotions right now as you're closing in on the on title night? Yeah, I mean, a little anxious, you know, uh, looking forward, you know, to get there, you know, to fight for this belt. Uh, I'm training very well, feeling awesome, you know, just, um, just waiting to the time, you know, for the time to go there and, and fight. <laughs> Is this uh, is this crazy to you in any way, man? The way that life works, because like I imagine, like less than a year ago, you know, you're you're done with the UFC, and then you get this opportunity in the PFL, and you're on the doorstep of a million dollars in a world championship, dude. Like, was there ever a time back when that first happened that you thought you'd be here uh, so soon? Yeah, man, I was thought, uh, always thinking about that. You know, like how life changed. You know, out of the blue. You know, everything just turned upside down and I was in a really bad moment you know in my life I had a lot of like injuries you know and losses in UFC even though I think was uh you know like pre-even fights one of one of the fights I don't think I lost you know against Ryan Hall but it is what it is you know and now I'm here you know fighting for for the belt and after you know uh great uh uh great season you know a lot of top fighters uh, I, I, I a lot of tough fights you know Tom Lawler Vini the Emiliano Sardi who was the you know the former champion now and now fighting for the belt is is awesome man I'm really grateful how uh who do you lean on in times like that Antonio like it's such an individual sport you guys aren't on a on a team like you have a great team at American top team but like do you lean on family friends like when you when you need to be picked up in hard times, like who did you go to, uh, but to, to kind of pick yourself up and, and get yourself to where you are today? Me, uh, everyone who, you know, close to me, like my friend, my family, you know, I got a really good friends, you know, two of them was really special for me, you know, on that moment, especially, uh, was Marlon Moraes and Marcos Buchecha, you know, they both helped me a lot because I was really sad, you know, about the moment I was, and they said, come on, bro, you're really good. You know, they, they make me believe in myself and keep going. You know, uh, they introduced me to Ali, who is my manager now. And Ali also helped me a lot, you know, gave me the chance to fight on the PFL because it was actually uh, the cartel was closed. Like there was no, no, no spot for me anymore. And someone pulled out and Ali put me in the, in the tournament and here I am, you know, at the final fighting for the belt. Uh, it was like a lot of things changed, you know, uh, in the train, on my mind, on my body. Uh, I went up in the division. That was a good choice, too. You know what I mean? I think making 185 was uh, too hard. You know, was pushing. I was pushing my body too hard. Uh, because I, I, I got to lose like 35 pounds to make 185. It was a lot, you know. Uh, I think dropping the weight that way uh, was affecting my body, you know, my organism. 
and maybe that's why I was get uh, I get the much injury. Uh, going to 05 now is way better, feeling healthier, you know, the train is better, my mind is better, everything is just running the way I, uh, I want to. This uh, this place you train American Top Team is crazy, man. Like, I walk in there, you know, I've got a couple to do, a couple of media days. It's like you turn around, it's a who's who. What is it like training at a place like this? This place is like a, a mixed martial arts factory, the best of the best. You're all down here in a beautiful place in South Florida. Uh, is it overwhelming? Do you feel like I belong? Like, is there ever a sense of that? Or is it like, do you feel like you're picking up new stuff every day? What is it like training at an all-star gym like that? Man, it's just awesome. It's the best place in the world. It's like the, um, we just, the best place to a fighter. You know what I mean? Like over there, you get the best coaches, you know, a lot of great coaches over there, you know, great training, uh, you know, training partners. you got a lot of different kind of bodies. And, you know, like if you want a softball, they have a softball. Or, you know, a lot of Russians, Brazilians, Americans, like people from everywhere. Uh, different as with different aspect of the the fight, you know, wrestlers, jiu-jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai guys. So it's just awesome, man. It's like a a playground, you know, for us. Is uh is there any like when you come to American Top Team? Is there like any initiation? Like, is there anything a guy has to do to or or girl has to show themselves to be like, hey, this this person belongs? Like, what's it like uh, in that situation for new people to come? Because you guys always have people want to say, hey, we're going to American Top Team. Like when they say this person went to American Top Team, like, oh, that's a big deal. Like they're going in there. They know they're going to be amongst uh, the stars. So what is it like for a new person, big name or small name, coming to ATT? Uh, not really, you know, since the first time I went there, every, everybody like treat me so well, you know, some of them already, you know, knew me from the jiu-jitsu, you know, environment or the ultimate fighter. So everybody was really nice and tried to uh, make me feel comfortable and make me feel like um, I was part of the family, you know what I mean? Um, I think now is even better than back in the days, you know, but since the beginning, I always feel like that, that that's my place. You know, that's the place I belong. Did you get a chance to, were you part of the crew that went on the, uh, the wrestling match? Did you go to any of these or, or were you part of the shenanigans going down with the pro wrestling, the professional wrestling, not like, uh, the amateurs, like with the, uh, the Chris Jericho's and the people doing the whole pro wrestling show. Have you seen what's been going on there with, uh, with Dan Lambert and those guys? Not really, man. I saw now Junior uh, uh, made his debut, right? Yeah, uh, he's like he's like in the matches and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I I couldn't watch. I actually was here, but I couldn't go because now I'm training too hard. Right, I'm to avoid like you know anything besides like training and go home to rest. So, uh, <laughs> but people said it was really nice. You know, I I never been there actually. I'm not a big fan of. You know, pro wrestling, actually, right. you know, but I, I, I see people have a lot of fun with that. What do you think of uh, this this opponent you got? Martin Hamlet, uh, you're taking him on on October 27th. You guys get your tickets, PFLMMA.com, the PFL Championships, coming to the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. It is a hell of a show coming up next Wednesday. You guys want to be there. Uh, what do you think of your opponent? What do you, what do you, what do you see when you uh, get ready for this matchup? I'm sorry, can you repeat? I couldn't hear I'm just saying, your opponent. What do you what do you see in this matchup as you're as you're prepping for him? Is there there are things that you're 
I guess matchup wise, what do you what do you think you have to get most ready for? Uh, he's a very strong guy, you know, wrestling, pretty strong. He's a Greco guy, you know, seven times national champion. So pretty sure he's uh, he's ready for the, the grappling match. Uh, but, you know, I want to mix it up, everything. As I said, I think the key to everyone is like mix it up and use the right aspect of the game in the right moment, you know. Make he thinks he want to like striking and grapple, make he think thinks he want to grapple and then strike, you know, mix it up, everything I think is the key, you know, and that's what I want to do. Uh, pretty sure he's going to be ready, you know. Uh, he's, uh, you know, I could I, I could tell he's a very big and strong guy, so it's going to be another challenge in my life. Uh, before we get you out of here, Antonio Carlos Jr. joined us here on the show, and again, you guys catch him. Uh, coming up next Wednesday, the PFL Championships. He is fighting for the light heavyweight championship of the world and a million dollars. Really, really cool opportunity coming up here at the PFL Championships. Your Instagram, okay, man? Are you doing cave diving? Did you do this when you're when you're not training and you're doing something for relaxing? Well, what were you doing? You you scuba diving in a cave? What the hell's going on here? Oh, that was when I was in the Tulum. You know, I went to Mexico to you know enjoy a little bit after my last fight against Emiliano Sordi. You know, uh, I went I went there, my first time over there, and man, it's a beautiful place. I just love it. La, the Senots, you know, it's like, a, what a amazing place, man. I, I had a really good time. I stayed there for a week, you know, like celebrating and enjoying some moment over there. Well, that's a, but were you diving in the caves? It looked like you took a picture like there, you were going snorkeling or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah. One of one of the Senots is in the, uh, it's, you know, it's uh, it's on on the cave. You know, it's really nice, man. You, you gotta you gotta go there and see by yourself. You know, it's awesome, man. There's a lot of different caves in different places. You know, the water is pretty clean and blue. It's just awesome. You know, I had a really great time. That was nice, man. Well, that's... I want to go. There. Yeah, man. Go go. You want you want to go there after a, a celebratory vacation after this? After all the training and work you put in, that's what that's what you got to be looking forward to. Yeah, the next time, like after this fight, I want to go. I, I'll go to Brazil because I want to see my family. But this trip to Mexico was was just awesome, man. Well, Antonio, uh, congratulations on your journey here, man. Uh, it's a it's a hell of a it's a hell of a year, hell of a journey that you've been on. And uh, yeah. you know, wishing you all the best coming up in this upcoming matchup. Go check them out. Uh, if you guys are here local, get your tickets pflmma.com, South Florida. Go out and see one of your own. He lives down here in South Florida. Has been training down here in South Florida. So go check him on out. Coming up on October 27th at the PFL Championships. Thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks again to Antonio for the time. Very much looking forward to going to this show. Uh, coming up again, if you guys want to go, pflmma.com is where you guys get your tickets. And uh, I'm going to be out there. Leroy is going to be coming out that Wednesday night. So if you want to come say hi to us as a show, as a crew, feel free to do so. And uh, we'd love to love to see you out there as we have some fun with the fight night. Be back with more after this. Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. So another thing, we've been talking about a lot of the fights that are coming down here. Uh, this is a report. This is from Marcos Villegas from Fight Hub TV. And he has uh, got a report that came out that says that the Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, that fight is going to be coming possibly to Miami. 
Uh, he says in a tweet that he put out on Thursday, spoke to someone close to Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury situation. Uh, they tell me the fight is very close to happening on December 18th, and it'll be on Showtime pay-per-view. Miami is the front runner, but Orlando and Tampa also in the running. Amanda Serrano is expected to be on the undercard. Um, this seems to, I mean, this city definitely makes the most sense for that. I mean, I, I, I think that the the Paul brothers and Miami kind of just go hand in hand, sideshow, a little bit of a little bit of a circus. You know, Orlando, Tampa. I get it. You're probably, you know, you're, you're still in Florida, you know, so maybe Tampa can get a little bit loose as a goose too, but it feels like this, uh, this place would make the most sense. I feel like you'd get the most international buzz of people wanting to come here, which is ultimately what a lot of these people want is, Hey, where are you going to have the stars come sit and all that type of stuff. And I think that Miami's the natural destination. So We'll keep an eye out on that. I'll tell you what, I got my uh, my producer, Jay Fig. We are huge Love Island fans. Like we now only the season five. That's the only I, I ended up watching season five because of the Tommy Fury fight on the last Jake Paul card, which is I'm sure ammunition that Jake Paul will use for Tommy Fury is that you know he gained that shot. But I was like, Yeah, I ended up watching this Love Island because I saw this guy fight. And uh you know these guys are these guys are going to go at it. These guys are going to go at it. Everybody's been waiting for Jake Paul to do the whole true boxer thing and have him fight somebody who's been in the sport. And this is uh this is that case. This is a guy who uh, I think is going to be a, a fun little rivalry. I think that Jake Paul Tommy Fury is also just like a sweetheart. Like if you watch the show, the guy's just super super nice. So feels like uh, ultimate heel versus good guy type of deal. And if they do it right, the other thing you want in Miami, you want, you know, Tyson Fury to show up, obviously, give it some rub, give it some all that type of stuff. So seems to make a whole hell of a lot of sense that it would be down here. We'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, if it is down here, we'll uh, we'll be all around that and see what's what. In other news, uh, Conor McGregor back to some tricks as the former UFC featherweight lightweight champion, the champ champ. He is uh, apparently facing charges after allegedly punching an Italian DJ. Uh, this is uh, from MMA Junkie. Italian DJ Francisco Facinetti. Facinetti uh, has formally pressed charges against Conor McGregor following the alleged attack in Rome. According to a report by CNN, Facinetti and his uh, family formally filed charges on Tuesday because the world needs to know that he is dangerous. Uh, the alleged incident took place at the St. Regis Hotel when the DJ and his group attempted to leave a party. McGregor and his fiance D. Devlin were in attendance. Uh, the DJ said that McGregor hit him on the nose and the mouth, with, which caused a concussion and a broken nose. I took a punch for nothing, he said on his Instagram stories hours after the incident. That punch could have gone to anyone. My friends, uh, my wife, that's why we decided that Conor McGregor, uh, to sue Conor McGregor because he's a violent, dangerous person. Um, Facinetti's wife. Shared detail on her Instagram stories. Out of nowhere, he threw a punch in the face of Francisco. Uh, Francesco, excuse me. Uh, I said, let him go. And he hit him. Luckily, Francesco was very close. And he couldn't load up on his punches. Francesco fell back, fell on the table, and then on the ground. And the first thing that comes to mind is, are we kidding? Is this a show? Then I was paralyzed. I turned around and saw that his friends were holding him against the wall. And he continued. Uh, he wanted to continue beating Francesco. And then they moved him away. It's the latest accusation. Obviously... Uh, there was the incident that recently happened with Machine Gun Kelly, uh, when he was at was that the, the, the VMAs or something like that, where he was like saying claiming that 
there were rumors that they wouldn't take a picture with him. And then there was rumors that uh, Megan Kelly showed your wife was in me DMs, you know, doing the whole thing that I did to Dustin Poirier. This Conor McGregor is a fight, man. I, I don't know. It, it, it really bugs me how much uh, he can't handle himself when he's not in a fight. It's crazy. I mean, he's always, always in controversy. I know it's not always him. Like, I don't know if this DJ was being a real bitch or something like that. Um, but one of the things that is inevitable with him is that he's going to get some confrontation. Punch an old man. Fighting Machine Gun Kelly. Fighting an Italian DJ. Um, you know, all of these things that have uh, surrounded him. You know, sexual assault allegations have, have surrounded Conor McGregor. Drug problems have surrounded Conor McGregor. Um, all of these incidents that just seem to add up and up and up and look, he's made it. He's tremendously wealthy. He's done a great job with his whiskey brand and, uh, his viral first pitches and basically doing everything except winning fights, but it's not even winning the fights anymore. You feel like he just needs the fights for the structure, which is crazy. You would think that a guy like this would want to get out of the game be a wealthy tech, but I genuinely think that this is a person who appears to need fighting, like need it just to stay out of trouble. Cause it seems like anytime he is not fighting, he is in some kind of incident. He's finding himself in the news for the wrong reasons, whether it's, you know, any of the previous reasons I mentioned, you know, the, it, it, it's really, uh, it's a disturbing thing. It's a disturbing thing. And again, these are accusations. I don't know if it happened or not. Um, but the story, like, if the story comes out and you see it, and you're like, yeah, not surprised. Not surprised. But I do know it doesn't always end up being uh, a, him, a thing for him. Like, he he has uh, been in spots where um, he's been in spots. Where, like, the one, the thing that happened down here in Miami with the phone where the guy was... That guy was being uh that guy was was in the wrong there and and Connor smashed the phone and ended up getting arrested like you shouldn't smash somebody's phone but you also pro- the guy was also probably being a huge pain in the ass so I don't know man I I don't know he's still walking around with that uh that that cane and um I don't know what his next fight's gonna be like him and Nate Diaz seem to be going back and forth but it's uh it's so upsetting to see this for a guy who took this sport to another level. And I always try and give some reflection on how good the guy was, but it's been so long. You know, you think about all the years that have passed by and, you know, it's upsetting. It's upsetting to see a lot of these things that are going outside the cage. It's upsetting to see it with John Jones too. You know, with all the things that he's going through, he's been out of the cage for a while and has dealt so much with, uh, with those kinds of issues where, when he's not fighting, it seems like the issue is just he can't keep away from him. Um, and, 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 and it's just tremendously sad to see. So, you know, another day, uh, another week, another Conor McGregor incident. And uh, we'll follow up on it, I guess. We'll see where it goes. But ultimately, uh, you know, if the guy's not fighting, the guy just seems to find trouble. Just seems to find his way in the trouble uh, one way or another. That's our show for this week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.